Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Hello and welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are slowly killing themselves in order to make a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. It's by choice, though. Yeah. I mean, the point of the game is that we want to have consequences that could potentially come up. I never used to be the type of person that, like, planned their day around getting drunk. Yeah. But this show has occasionally made me have to do that. Like, I feel like I've had to prepare my body (laughs) almost as if I were, like, preparing for an evening, like a romantic evening with my wife. Like, So you trimmed your pubes to (laughs) record today. I I shaved my bush. (laughs) I I uh, I worked out this morning. I've been I ate super clean today. Yeah. I uh, I'm wearing loose fitting clothing right now. Boy, you want to know what I've eaten? Turned down the lights low. I I went out to Korean barbecue last night. I had a piece of banana bread for breakfast this morning, and then for lunch I had a piece of pizza and a burrito. We've <laughs> gone in a very different direction from you, mon frere. Well, I mean, by clean, I won't say that I, like, I ate kind of a lot of pasta. <laughs> like, what I wanted to do, I wanted to do a lot like what I think you were trying to do, like, lay down a good layer. Yeah. To catch what we're about to do to it. Sop up what we're about to pour on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're just now tuning in randomly, we uh, we have- never listened to the show before, we uh, have, we this have is planned- a, probably going to be a typical episode. <laughs> We are uh, we are power houring this episode, which means uh, a shout of beer every minute for the duration of the episode portion of the show. And uh, well, it's a, it's for an hour. We 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 don't have to keep going after an hour, do we? Is that not how we? Oh yeah, I think the last time we did a power hour, we stopped after the hour. So that's smart. That's ta- that's just common sense. Taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Um. It's it's a it's an embarrassing thing to have become a part of life for us though. Like my wife got off work early today and she was like, "Hey, I'm coming home early." And I said, "Oh." Uh <laughs> That's exactly what a wife wants to hear too when she says that. <laughs> I said, "Uh, do you have plans for the afternoon in lieu of work?" And she said, "I don't know. I mean, there's some errands I could get done." So I I explained to her what is going to happen to me today. I said, when you get back from, you know, going and uh, taking some clothes to the thrift store and, uh, you know, getting getting an after work drink with your friend, you will come home to a husband who is stupendously drunk. I feel a great amount of empathy for you, Ben. I think I dodged a bullet because my wife is away on a work trip. Yeah. Oh, she she heard what you were about to do and left town. <laughs> she she left me, Ben. <laughs> the consequences were far more grave. <laughs> yeah, so after the episode's over, I can just curl up into a ball at the foot of my chair and uh, yeah. wait for morning. 
what are you going to be doing this with, Adam? You got a, a particular type of beer or a melange? Uh, I've got a mess of Modelo Especiales. That will be my beverage of choice. And I have oh. enough to get me through the whole episode. So that's That uh, sounds nice. I'm hoping I don't ruin a very good beer on this. Sometimes you <laughs> have a, a binge session and you don't want that beer anymore for a while. So No. Yeah. I've, I've been there. Uh, what about you? I'm drinking El Sully. Which is a uh, also a Mexican style lager. It's uh it's made here in the USA by the Twenty First Amendment Brewery. I would say I, I would compare it favorably to Modelo Especial. Is that gonna drop some more uh some more IBUs or uh percentage of alcohol on you than, than uh, what I've got f- going on? It's a four point eight. What are you working with? Did I misspeak when I said IBU? What was I talking about? I, I I assumed you were just talking about international business units. Oh, yeah. Oh, 4.5 is what I'm seeing. Okay. So not terribly... I'm not terribly higher than that. Nah. Nah. You're doing um, great. Well, I'm excited to get to it. What do you yeah. say, Ben? Why don't, we, why don't we dive right in? You know the rules. It's about every minute we will be... Uh, Drinking a shot of beer, and here's the thing, because we edit these episodes, you may detect a a change of pace to when these shots occur. Don't worry about that. We're editing out the burps. Yeah. Be thankful. Yeah, we're making this as good of a show as, as is possible under the circumstances as we prepare to bring you the Mornhammered version of Deep Space Nine, Season 4, Episode 10, Homefront. Cheers to you, Ben. Cheers, buddy. Do you realize how incredible this is? <laughs> no, of course you don't. The wormhole is winking, and no one knows why. <laughs> yeah, it's opening and closing. Like uh, inviting them in, but then closes at the last minute. Ben, like I should tell you what, like what muscle memory we're working with here. Like after I took my beer shot, I went straight for the bottle and started drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> I need to concentrate. Yeah, that's that is not what we're doing here, man. <laughs> we can't gabris ourselves. No, no, and it's kind of a mystery, right? Everyone's looking out the window, like. It's beautiful to watch this at work, but the mystery involved is uh, is troubling. It seems to be opening and closing completely at random. I thought it was interesting that they're observing this from the promenade and not from the bridge. Like they don't, they're not looking at this as oh, do a shot. They're not looking at this as like a as an emergent situation. It's an ops level concern, right? Dex and Cisco are just having having a walk around and. It seems like a curiosity that a lot of people are interested in, but they don't think about it much past that. Is the Defiant still fucked up? Is that why they have to take this other ship back to Earth? Oh, I don't know. They also never show the other ship. Yeah. What the Lakota, right? Right. Yeah, we don't we don't ever see it. I looked up the Lakota and the Lakota is a USS Hood class starship. Oh man, I would have loved to see it. Why didn't they show us that? <sighs> is yeah. the Hood a class? Well, I just call it that. The Hood's an oh. Excelsior class. Yeah. That's a chill ship. I wonder, I mean, the Lakota seems like a pretty chill ship too. You know? Do you think all Excelsior class ships are chill? I mean, Enterprise B wasn't chill. Do a shot. I just did. 
Yeah, but the Enterprise B was like a variant on the Excelsior class, I think. It had yeah. the it had those hips. Oh yeah. Those hips didn't lie that uh it's a it's an Excelsior refit. Yeah. Um God, I just did it again. Why am I just <laughs> drinking beer? <laughs> you're gonna this is be, gonna be a problem. You're gonna be a mess. Yeah. We also get a uh, a thing in this episode that I hate, which is Star Trek implying that a joke was told but not having the courage of its convictions to actually write a joke mm. uh, this is a close-up shot with quark and morn and quark finishes his joke then the andorian says that's not my antenna <laughs> morn does not think this is funny and neither do we because we can't possibly know what the joke is given yeah. that we only know the punchline. Yeah, but Quark can't explain the logic of his joke. He can't dissect the frog because uh, because Odo's showed up and he's quite cross with Dax and Quark. Odo's pissed because uh, someone keeps breaking into his quarters and moving his furniture while he's regenerating. What a hilarious prank. He kind of buries the lead because... <laughs> He's way upset about the furniture movement, but he's super okay with the idea of someone breaking into his apartment. <laughs> like, I think they're both equally bad, and I would argue that the break-in is worse. Does he live in the enterprise section of town where the locks on the doors don't work? I don't know. <laughs> it does. It does bring to mind an interesting question, like... Odo does not appear to have any awareness when he's regenerating. Like, you could just walk into his place and yeah, take all of his shit if you wanted. He's unconscious. There are no eyes on top of the goo bucket. No. And the and the disruption that he's describing is that the the objects in his apartment are being moved millimetrically. Like, it's kind of like John Roderick's torture dungeon that he devised for the uh, the members of the Bush administration where he right. just changes the angles of the walls slightly. Yeah, he's uh, he's being gaslit, but to what yeah. end? You know no. what else feels like being gaslit, Ben? You and I entering into a business and show arrangement with John Roderick. <laughs> <laughs> John Roderick with whom we will be going on tour soon. That's right. Uh, we're going to be taking the Friendly Fire podcast uh, to five cities. Check out friendlyfire.fm slash live. Little plug. Yeah, who knows when we'll take Greatest Gen out. This might be your only chance to see us. So come see us. Yeah, come see us. So all of these laughs, Ben, like everyone's having a great time telling jokes, <laughs> moving furniture. What you want to do is introduce a terror attack where 27 people are killed on Earth. Like, I, right on the heels. I remember what pranks were being done to me when 9-11 happened. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the elastic band of my underwear was, like, just reaching the top of my head when the second, when the second tower fell, Ben. <laughs> What's so fucked up is that the pranker, like, saw the first tower fall and then went in for the wedgie. Yep. Kept going, yeah. So Pushed messed my up. head deeper into the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget that day. <laughs> um, yeah, and that like that is like such a weird element of the tone of this episode. Right. Because they go up and like there's been a mass murder on Earth. First mm -hmm. first attack of its kind in over a hundred years. It's a planet wide day of mourning. It is like a major heavy deal. And yet Nobody seems devastated. There's 
Like, so Odo goes up to Ops because he's the one that's called there, right? Like, he's he's through yeah. investigating the We're going to need you in Ops. He goes up there where everyone has already gathered, and he's like, hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, by the way, have you heard about this fucked up thing happening in my apartment? <laughs> Kira's like, not now. There's been an incident. And it's like that kind of trope, right? There's been an incident, and that's how he's told of what has happened on Earth. Constable, take a seat. Of course. Did you catch the time index when they played the video back? No. It's computer begin relay at... Time index 5-9-11. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. No weird? Wow. This episode uh, premiered New Year's Day, 1996. Yeah pretty wild yeah but uh yeah in the in the surveillance footage it's like a it was like a romulan federation peace summit and in the surveillance footage they catch an urn don't need it we're scattering the ashes in the in the corner there's an urn it is our most modestly priced receptacle that goes gold briefly before the explosion wharf's like enhance (laughs) enhance (laughs) enhance just print the damn thing which is always fun you got to check out your urns, Ben, before you gather, before you convene a meeting like this. Right. This is like they sort of rack into Ben Cisco, and he's like, my God, the thing I've always feared has happened. A changeling has gone to Earth. Like, how could he have been the only one that could think that this would happen? Like, everyone in the Federation should know that this was likely. No one does anything about it. Especially given the fact that they've been told that the changelings are everywhere. Right. Yeah. Did they keep that to themselves? <laughs> Don't tell. Don't tell anyone. It'll just scare them. Osama bin Laden plans to attack United States. Like the uh, <laughs> the, the folders just on the, uh, the on Federation. On Ben Cisco's desk yeah. under his baseball. Like, yeah. yeah, I'll get to that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah. Tenth shot, Adam. I'm cruising. Woo! Golden cut. The cut. Golden cut. So, so it's not just it's not the whole crew that's heading to Earth. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Cisco and Odo and Jake, and uh, Jake has got kind of like vacation on his mind. Like it really, it really does not feel like anybody's bummed out by what's happened. Like there's a like a jokey scene in Odo's quarters where he's making Dax put everything back in place. Like, Prankster Dax is not a character I feel like we've established heretofore. No, and it's really oil and water as far as the emotions go, right? We're still dealing with the prank thing, and we're dealing with Jake's reluctance to visit home because he's going to be made to do chores, and the aftermath of a terror attack. It it doesn't mix well at all. Odo is like the most serious character, and he's like, 65 people have been murdered, but first, I'm going to get all the furniture (laughs) back where it belongs in my quarters <laughs> before i start this investigation before i open up a single document i want the bucket put back where it was <laughs> what <laughs> they're kind of flirting too right oh yeah no like, what you know, a, a little more to the left. Whatever you say, Constable. It feels a little, a little hanky-panky. It is the prank you play on someone when you like them. 
like what Dax is doing to Odo. When you want an excuse back to be yeah. back in their quarters? Yeah. I mean... I mean, hasn't Dax been filled up by enough? Uh, it, yeah, but like she's legendarily like open to like weird aliens to bang, right? Yeah, it's true. She's down. We get to meet Joe Cisco, who is uh, Grandpa Cisco to Jake and Admiral Cartwright to you and me. It's hard. <laughs> this is great casting because anyone who's watched Star Trek for any length of time, like, does not trust. Grandpa Joe Cisco. <laughs> as soon as I saw him on screen, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I know who planned that, that attack at a, at a Federation peace conference that Romulans were also at. Joe Cisco's like, only when, I, when we bring our customers to our knees, then we'll be able to dictate the menu. <laughs> <laughs> he's FaceTiming with Ben like they're talking about how the visit's gonna go and he's like the insistent parent that while Ben is in town for work he come home for dinner every night like he's a child yeah there is some uh, circuitous conversation about Grandpa Joe's health yeah Ben Sisko seems to be a little bit of a helicopter son to him I thought uh, like, there are some really strange tonal issues with this episode, but I, I would say that one thing I really liked about it was the kind of using Grandpa Joe's health situation as kind of like a parallel metaphor for the security situation. Yeah. S something that they don't want to look straight at. They don't want to really cope with the implications of... As big as Crenshaw melons and twice as heavy. Because it's scary and... And feels it feels like if you name it, it it becomes real kind right. of a thing. Right. Uh, if you weren't sure whether or not now was the time to take this episode seriously, you may be confused when you see O'Brien and Bashir dressed as fighter pilots in Quarks. <laughs> I know. And they're like chugging beers and mourning the death of a hollow person that they flew a mission with. Yeah, and doing bits like they're doing, they're like O'Brien is doing a different accent than normal. RSVP Clive. To Clive, the best bloke ever to prank his kite into the channel. But also, they're like, oh, our hearts aren't into this thing we've never done before because of the real people that also died. Wow, right? <laughs> like, why do you do both things? Either you commit to the bit and ignore the grief, or I think you, you just need to feel the grief here. Right. This like, episode is schizophrenic emotionally. It really is. It is like we talk, we talked about like how the last 3 episodes were like very silly in tone uh -huh. and how you know this is a a series that's legendarily dark and gritty compared to a lot of Star Trek and we predicted that this might be the episode where it takes the turn to just being kind of full-time dark and gritty. It we were wrong. Not. <laughs> hey, Ben, uh, if you haven't already, I would like to recommend that you take your Brode right now. I don't have a Brode. Oh, no. You've got all the Brodes. If I could just, if I could just reach through the microphone, like, uh, like the Take On Me video, yeah. and, and give you Brode, I would. 
Yeah. And if I could reach through the microphone and hit you with a pipe wrench, like the take on me video, I probably would too. Oh, geez. <laughs> Whatever I did do to deserve that, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I can't, so you're safe. Odo chats them up, and Odo mentions that he's going to Earth, and he's like, hey, oh, while Christ, I'm-, I'm like missing shots here. This is a mess. Odo's like, hey, while I'm on Earth, do you want me to go say hey to anyone? And O'Brien's like, yeah, uh, my parents are in Dublin. We know where where Starfleet HQ is. I guess it's easy enough to beam around the world to go visit people. Yeah. But what the I hell wonder- would Odo do in Dublin? I don't know. He'd probably go check out uh, Cow's Lane, the where where I lived when I when I did my study abroad in Dublin. Oh, he'd have to do that. Ch- hang hang around in the Temple Bar district. Pretty interesting moment here when he asks Bashir if he should visit anyone for him, and Bashir's like, "Eh, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> it's okay. I'm chilling. Uh- <laughs> don't visit my family." Yeah. Odo's sure. kind of reluctant to go to Earth because of the prevailing anti-shapeshifter sentiment sure to be there after this attack. And I'm kind of with him. I'd be nervous about this, too. It is justifiable. It's a weird feeling. I would just be a bird the whole time if I were him. <laughs> like, I would just be a parrot on Ben Sisko's shoulder. Everyone loves a parrot. Yeah. They'd be like, hey, cool macaw. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. Don't those live a long time? Wow. <laughs> it's a real commitment. Yeah. Not a great pet, necessarily. God, I went to a wedding in Vermont where, uh, where like, everyone stayed in a and b because I guess that's all they have in Vermont. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the lobby, there was a parrot, and he was a 1,000 years old, like all parrots are. Wow. And, and totally cantankerous, also like <laughs> all parrots are. Fun. And he would do car alarm sound and, like, honk. Like, he wouldn't do any fun voices, he, oh. would, he would sound like there's a fire in the kitchen <laughs> that that someone would need to go in to check. He he was not a calm bird at all. No, that sounds uh, that 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 would really put me on edge. Yeah, <laughs> not relaxing. Up in ops, they're talking about the strange uh, wormhole activity, and um, it, it it seems to have died down somewhat. It's been 12 hours since the last time the wormhole opened without anything coming through it. And um, You know what a, what a good strategy is for making a mood more serious after it's been like kind of lightened up until now? Mm. Have, a, have a talk about religion. With your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> this is like such a wharf move, right? Like, like it is not an appropriate thing to bring up, but I'm going to bring it up. Why does wharf not want to talk about his dreams in public with people, but he's totally down with talking about how he kills his gods. He's like a 16-year-old quoting uh, quoting the uh, ancient Klingon philosopher, Nietzsche, who said that <laughs> God is dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worf is, uh, is kind of emo warfing here. <laughs> I think it's the last time we see the station for the episode, too. Yeah. RSVP the station for this mm. episode. To be quite honest about it, I was in a pale. A fucking pale. Mr. Bucket, I have to revert back to my living state. I don't use the bucket anymore. We land at Earth, and it looks like the Justice playset 
Yeah. That, that a lot of this takes place at. It's playing ball. Will you teach me? Oh, sure. Looks like we're about to see some nudes. <laughs> or yeah. semi-nudes. Nobody is rocking no, no side boob in the episode, and it just it feels wrong. Cisco is rocking a TNG-era uniform for the trip, though. Yeah. I thought that yeah, was weird. You gotta, you gotta shape up for Starfleet HQ, right? Yeah, I think you can afford to be a little dumpier if you're wearing a DS9 uniform, but you gotta tighten that shit up for the onesie. Yeah. They meet Admiral Layton and Leah Brahms. Yeah. Yeah, different job for her. Yeah. Susan Gibney, back. It's weird that they, they recast her as something and that she's not an alien. She looks generally like she did before. Yeah, they just like made her hair slightly less big. Yeah. It's yeah, not it's, even like that different of a of a do. It's just that it's not huge. She's not rocking the... Uh, what kind of hair did she have as Leah Brahms? <laughs> the calzone. Yeah, she had calzone hair before. <laughs> now it's uh, it's super tight. This is my adjutant, Commander Benty. Really nice to see her again. I think she's uh, she's one of one of my favorite Star Trek that guy ladies. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Cisco was Layton's XO, so they're like they're chummy, like they know each other. Yeah. And Commander Benteen is like. She's his XO right now, basically. She's the Shelby to Leighton's Hanson, right? Yeah, and Leighton is so comfortable with Ben Sisko that he's a little casual with his anti-Ling feelings. Something has to be done about these shapeshifters. She's actually really more the Remick to Leighton's Quinn, come to think of it. Yeah. Because this is much more of a going back to Earth and people are not what they seem episode. Yeah, yeah. Ben Sisko thought this was just going to be a chill fact-finding mission, but he's field promoted to acting head of Starfleet security, like on the spot. Right. That is, uh, he, he's really blindsided by that, but takes it with, uh, with a plum. Like he's not, he's not like, wait, but I have, I've built a life for myself. <laughs> Whatever gets me out of working a shift in Joe Sisko's Creole <laughs> kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Admiral Layton, you got an internship for my son? He really does not want to work in a kitchen. He does not want to scrub crawdads. <laughs> we cut to Cisco's, and man, Joe Cisco is the kind of restaurateur that pays way too much attention to you as a customer, yeah. and it would drive me crazy. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that strikes up a conversation at the urinal mm. or in an elevator. You know, or it's like he is urinal talkative. Yeah, I like we're trapped here with you because we sat down and ordered food, and now you're gonna like like come around and espouse your your thoughts on the bread pudding or whatever. I don't get the sense there's a lot of repeat customers at Cisco's because <laughs> you go there once, you have that crazy experience, and then you just sort of trade on the story for years. Right? Like, yeah. Wasn't you, you walk by Cisco's and you're like, wow, remember when we went there? That place is fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that I, wonder if, I wonder if that if Joe's still alive. Can't be. That guy doesn't take good care of himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've just poured out the last of my second can of beer at him. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm almost done with number two. I started taking shots and then I sort of muscle memoried what that felt like, and then I just poured my beer into a frosty glass and I've been taking great big gulps. <laughs> Just because I didn't want to spill. Like, there's a lot of shit on my desk I don't want to spill on. That's that's part of it. And I did spill last time, so. Yeah. Trying to keep it tight. Yeah. I thought a lot about, like, the 
Like if you if you have the ability to beam to New Orleans for dinner, New Orleans is a town that hangs out, you know, that stays up late compared to a lot of the rest of the U.S. Right. So like that kind of works. It like stands to reason. But wouldn't it just be like fucking overrun with assholes every night? <laughs> a lot in this episode is made of like the utopian society that that is Earth. How did Earth they is get paradise? Rid- how did they get rid of the assholes? I don't know. Like it's I, one it's, it, it's one thing to rid the planet of war or whatever and to make a peaceful society, but how do you get rid of the flat-brimmed baseball hat, gutter <laughs> vomit, like show us your tits for beads assholes? Like I don't know. I think about this all the time. What can we do to convince those people to subscribe to the New Yorker and chill the fuck out? Like Star Trek has tried to tell the story of how Earth changed in the warlike way, but they haven't told the story of how it changed in the bro-like way. Yeah, how how do we get rid of guys named Chad <laughs> from the timeline? Is Look, it like w- a Star Trek Discovery solution where we send them 900 years in the future so they can't... I don't want any of our chads to feel bad. There are good chads, and those are the ones who listen to and enjoy our show. But there are outlier chads. Even chads know that there are bad chads. And you need to police your chads, Chad. I'll go so far as to say that most bends are trash. Yeah, super trashy bends. No doubt. I'm one of them. Ben Sisko is not. Ben and Jake are concerned about Joe's apparent weight loss, as one becomes when, you know, like, if if it's been a while since you've seen your parents, and when you see them for the first time in a while, you definitely notice things like weight, especially. Yeah. At least I have. And so when they see him, they're, they're concerned about this weight loss thing, and uh, it's disclosed that he's had a bit of some heart trouble over the years. Heart trouble that's, uh, that's resulted in some, some surgeries. Some valve yeah. surgery specifically. He's kind of uh, he's kind of vadering, right? Like the <laughs> the discussion is that eventually he'll be more machine than man. Yeah, yeah. He's he's eyeing Jake's arm lasciviously. <laughs> he wants to cut that thing off and uh, put it in some uh, Creole seasoning. Yeah, propose that they join forces to rule the galaxy together as father and son. Yeah. Yeah, and boy... I guess grandfather and grandson. What you gotta do, Ben, like, boy, this episode almost got too serious. You gotta bring Nog into the scene, right? Gotta bring Nog in. Nog dog. Jake! Nog? (laughs) Yeah, people start being all gloom and doom about Joe Sisko. No. No. We're not gonna be sad about Joe. We we know that this episode had kind of an uneven tone when we started, and and that now it's it's been pretty like grim and serious minded. But Nog Dog is here. He's gonna he's gonna bring back the uneven tone in a big way. The moment that Joe Cisco says that he's thinking of putting tube grubs on the menu and that he served them to Nog, <laughs> indicates to me. That he has or will soon fail a food safety inspection. <laughs> you can't have live tube grubs in your restaurant, man. Oh, yeah. they. Uh, you go on the uh, the Department of Health website and look at look up Cisco's and see what, they, what they've been violated for. Very upsetting. The Seattle rating is not letters, it's faces. You know how fucked up Oh, yeah, you guys have emoji-based rating system. 
Yeah. In By Seattle. the way, we're at the halfway mark. Oh, yeah. Cruising. Uh, in Seattle, the food safety rating would, would be a face with worms coming out of it. <laughs> be very ominous. Yeah. Or a uh, like a like a tooth being ground to a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nog is there to complain about how clicky Starfleet Academy is. And he, he he references a group called Red Squad, which are a bunch of uh Letterman's jacket wearing assholes that he can't break into. And he never takes responsibility for not being cool enough to hang out with. All he does is throw bombs at Red Squad. Was Nova Squadron disbanded and replaced with Red Squad? Yeah. I mean they Was, both... Is this one of those things where like they didn't want to pay the writer that came up with Nova <laughs> Squadron a, a royalty, so they had they came up with a different squad? This is why it's so important that writers and creatives unionize. Okay, they yeah. need to get proper credit and proper compensation for their ideas. We stand with the uh, with the WGA in solidarity. Yeah, and for that matter, we stand with like the Gimlet Union and uh, the BuzzFeed Union. We're pro union here on the Greatest Generation. We are pro seizing control of the means of production, just in general. Yeah. I think it was nice to have Nog reintroduced here because he, he went away. But maybe a bit premature for this being the storyline. It's the it's also the wrong storyline. Like, what do you want to do when you're pitching this story? Do you want it to be a return to serious DS9 after three episodes of Roswell and right. and fun and games? Like, what is this? And I wonder if this is just the kind of myopia of 1996. Mm. Like, nobody that is living in a post-9-11 world imagines that on September 22nd, Somebody was like, "Ah, oh, how do I get how do I get along better with the people I'm going to college with?" You know? These people haven't never forgotten yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's a problem, I think. I think that I think that maybe this episode reads more as as better if you're if you haven't been through that kind of trauma. Man, I don't know. I want to believe you that you don't have to go through the trauma of a terrorist attack to know that maybe if what you're trying to do is make a serious, dramatic story, you don't combine it with Nog. <laughs> Nog doesn't mix well. So the next scene after this is when they meet the president, and the president is like extremely reluctant to rock the boat W slash R slash T, the security state on Earth. I understand the need for increased security, but blood screenings, phaser sweeps. And I thought that was such an interesting choice. Like the idea that the president would not want to introduce a number of security measures. Like wh when what we have experienced in reality is that anytime there's an opportunity for a politician to like overcorrect in terms of like, uh, control of population and and like security theater they will because they don't ever want to like have blame land on them for an attack and the president like he basically needs to be 
blackmailed into agreeing to some security measures that won't even affect civilians. He's like, we haven't had bros barfing in gutters for centuries. <laughs> like, you're, you're saying you want to reintroduce a dress code? <laughs> it's not a problem. Th- this we don't pre- have to ban flat brim baseball hats that go over your ears. Nobody wears them. Ben Sisko does a fun bit of uh, of street magic to the president because he's like, now before you make up your mind, you may be interested in knowing that there is a changeling in the room right now. And he like magic <laughs> fingers his hands in front of his face. <laughs> and then uh, and then Odo appears out of a suitcase. Yeah. And then Penn and Teller use some kind of coded language to describe how they think the yeah. trick was done. <laughs> and, uh, and Cisco goes, uh, yeah, I don't think I, I don't, I don't think I fooled you. <laughs> and then that lady from Buffy says it was amazing trick either way. I like that show. But I don't care who knows it. I'm so proud because so many people have the YouTube algorithm that wants them to watch a Joe Rogan thing or whatever. Uh-huh. I, I've got my YouTube algorithm trained so well that all it wants to do is show me episodes of, or like single segments of Fool Us with Penn and Teller <laughs> and this old man that in England that collects different toys and right. shows you them in a video. I'll tell you what my YouTube algorithm is pointing me to. Adam Ragusea's cooking videos. Oh, those are the best. That guy is really blown up. So the algorithm doesn't need to point me at those because I'm subscribed, baby. Just cooking it on the stovetop, medium-high heat. If you haven't seen these before, go check them out. I made Adam Ragusea's chicken parm last night, and chicken parm, it tastes so good. (laughs) Adam Ragusea is much more internet successful than we are now. It's true. And And it happened inside of like four weeks. Adam Ragusea called me today for video advice. I'll hold nice. for your laughter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just so like, it sounds condescending and I don't mean it that way, but like, I'm so proud of him. Like me he's too. really interested in making his videos great and he's already making great videos. So I was like, what do you need me for? But he, he had a, a few questions about like cameras and like what he should be directing his his money into really because he wants to like get better gear and, and professionalize a little bit, but I'm yeah. really, I'm really happy for him. He's doing a great job and he makes a great cooking video. Yeah, he really does. Uh, and I, I have learned a lot from his cooking videos. I feel yeah. like he thinks critically about like technique in a way that is really smart Yeah, and, and you can learn a lot from, but also it's not a schlocky cooking video you know no. like there's so many so many like quote unquote snackable cooking videos on the internet that are like teaching you how to make something like totally insane and preposterous that you would never actually make and he's like here are like things that you're gonna want to eat seven nights a week th- he really, that aren't garbage he nailed the tone in such a way that it feels r- like it's not cute and it's not all the way funny, and it's not serious. It's just perfect. I don't yeah. know how he did it. He's done a good... I hope he keeps picking up the phone when we need a fucking song for our dumb Star Trek podcast. I was going to say the same thing. Goose, <laughs> Goose, we, we still need you, man. We, knew, we know we were lucky to have you from the beginning. Yeah. 
So, uh, President Jerish acquiesces to Cisco security proposals, and it's going to be blood tests and TSA screenings outside of every Creole restaurant. That's the plan. Now, when you retrofit in a staff lead installation to detect the changelings, you're going to want to place a phaser beacon over every doorway, set it a setting of 3.5, that way... You'll force any changelings out of their chosen shape and into a gold figure. <laughs> Nothing? You're not gonna yes end any. You're just fucking leaving me dangling here? Fuck you! No, man, I'm just fucking brain dead at how good that was. <laughs> like, I wanted to go in a direction and I didn't have a direction to go. <laughs> that was really good. God. It's very embarrassing to be the only person that does something. I've set up a TSA screening booth outside of this Creole restaurant against the wishes of its owner. I've hired private security to protect me during its installation. We do get that moment where TSA shows up at the restaurant, but not before Nog distract Cisco from the very serious security problems that he has to solve uh, by, uh, by, by pressuring him into recommending Nog for Red Squad. If there was ever a moment for DS9 to use a curse word, we really need Cisco to be like, fuck off, Nog. <laughs> really? It, you know, we talked about that scene where Nog has to like dig deep and explain to Cisco why he wants to join Starfleet. Yeah. And, and that being the moment that Aaron Eisenberg cites as like yeah. the, the the acting moment of his of his career. Yeah. This feels like a very cheap ploy <laughs> to try and recapture the magic of that <laughs> and it fails, you know. He's chasing the uh, Avery Brooks dragon. Yeah. I mean, I I don't blame them for trying, but uh but no. it is such a weird like, there is no urgency in this episode in such a silly way. Especially where urgency is a necessity. It makes the it makes the conflicts interpersonal more than they are globally strategic, right? Yeah. This is what happens a lot in movies and television. Like, how do you make a, a conflict understandable to the person watching your program? Like, it, like, globally, it's too difficult. You can't tell a story that way. So you distill it down to the people you know and like. Right. And turn those conflicts into proxies for it. But it, I mean, we'll talk about it at the end, but it it remains to be seen if that's going to be effective here. Yeah. Odo bumps into Leah Brahms and Admiral Layton walking around on the grounds of, of Starfleet Academy. And uh, he's, he's, he's coming in in seagull form. <laughs> and um, Leah Brahms is like, wow, that is super cool. I have never seen you do that. And he's like, yeah, you met me 36 hours ago. Of course, you've never seen me do that. Leah Brahms looks over at the shuttlecraft parking lot and her shuttle is just covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been circling over, <laughs> over the parking lot for hours. I found a bush full of these red berries. I'm remarkably They've... accurate with these. They really did not sit well with me. <laughs> Leighton, I'm shitting like Ben and Adam are going to shit tomorrow. 
Leighton like throws some serious shade. He's like, uh, too bad the other changelings aren't as shitty at looking as human as you are. <laughs> <laughs> and Odo goes, goes in for like the sarcastic handshake and Golden handshakes Leighton into yeah. proving he's an imposter. Yeah. It's great. Well done, Odo. There's like a little bit of a respect nux in that too. Like yeah. when Leighton when Leighton realizes he's made. Yeah. And then he runs away and turns into the same kind of bird Odo was. Yeah, that's not a better bird than Odo was able to make. That's the he, same bird. He should have gone to a way cooler bird. What's the coolest? Like, should he have been a pterodactyl? <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah, it's like making a smooth getaway is the most distracting possible thing. He turns into a 747 and just like jet blasts them away. <laughs> they fly across, they land in the bay like, wow, what a rush. Oh man, those those OG changelings can really do it. <laughs> oh, Don't make man. them like that anymore. That would be awesome if, like, a, a secondary part of Layton's of a fake Layton's character is just showing up Odo at every turn. Yeah. <laughs> wow. If the if the changelings just always wanted to shame Odo for not choosing yeah. not to to join up with them, it's clear they mention it at some point in this episode. It's clear that the changelings are pissed at Odo for killing one of their own. Yeah, I mean, like uh, that's how Odo detected the guy. Yeah. It's like they're they're talking to the real Admiral Layton who was not killed, thankfully. Yeah. Uh and uh Odo says like I could I could tell he was he was just rip shit with me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and, it's uh, not like real Layton was was super kind to him to begin with, but there was something else going on. Right. They post game the incident together, and this is uh Cisco, Odo, Bentine, and Real Layton, and they're having a real like what are we going to do about this? Like, if Leighton could be compromised and we don't know who he is, then it's really time for these tougher measures, right? right. Like, we don't have a lot of confidence in this milk toast president, which, by the way, could be a changeling. Like, right. if we don't institute these safeguards, like, the highest... The highest powers in this government could be compromised, and no right. one's willing to do anything about it. It'd be like you could have a president who was really like a foreign agent, right? Like he was—he was like totally working against the interest of your country. I mean, in that scenario, yeah, it would be the worst thing. You just have to hope that one of the parties would have the stones to impeach someone like that, right? You would hope. I'm holding my breath. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Is it time to reload the beers, Ben? I think I need more. Where are you at? I am uh, a few shots away from finishing my third. Oh, man. I'm into my fourth. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, you're, I only You're behind, buddy. I only brought three to the basement, so I'm going to go get more, and then I will return. Go get more. I'm keeping the clock, so you're yeah. gonna have to make up shots. I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink these last on the way upstairs and then reload on the way down. And I'm gonna get a new frosty glass. Hell yeah. It's crazy how neither of us have had to pee up until now. There have been live shows where I've had a half a beer on stage and I've been like in a ton of pain by the end of the show <laughs> because I've had to pee so bad. What's going on here? 
I don't know exactly how the math of this works. I think that there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of adrenaline to going out on stage. Yeah, that's and I true. I think that that has effects, you know. Yeah, unintended consequences. I was listening to uh, a recent Doughboys live episode, and uh, and Gabrus leaves the stage and goes to the bathroom. I was so envious of that move. Yeah. We just can't do that. There's no way. No. I wouldn't leave you hanging like that. Maybe with friendly fire, because there's (laughs) there's two people left on stage in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, John's an old man. I mean, if anyone's going to leave the stage to go to the bathroom, it's going to be him. Yeah. He might be wearing a diaper, you know? (laughs) Tour diaper. Yeah. Available at the merch table. (laughs) So Ben Sisko gets called back to New Orleans because his dad is cranky that some some Federation securities have shown up to take his blood. They have to they have to blood sample him and see if it goes gold. I was always absolutely terrified of of giving blood. It's the only thing in my life I've ever been scared of. Yeah, because the deal is they've instituted these new security features on everyone who is Starfleet and Starfleet adjacent. So that includes family members. It made me realize that Cisco should have been put in a gold uniform for this. Oh, yeah. Like he should be in a gold uniform with four pips, right? I wonder why they didn't do that. I mean, we know why. It's because production-wise, they're not going to fit him for a gold uniform that he wears once. But you're right, it would have been appropriate. Well, they made him a... They made him a... A TNG era command uniform. Why not make him a TNG era gold uniform? Have him show up in the one he wears on the show. Uh, Do you, you know, think tip- Avery Brooks is keeping it tight enough to where he put on the season one era uniform and he still fit in it? I don't know. I mean, Avery Brooks is a pro. Yeah, man. I don't know if I could fit in any clothes I wore four years ago. Mostly I've- because those are all Jinko jeans. i've lost 35 pounds now jesus ben that's awesome i had to order a new belt and i ordered a new belt in my pant size and it showed up and i couldn't even like i couldn't even touch the end of the belt to the buckle (laughs) and i i had to write that super embarrassing email like i ordered your belt in the waist size i wear in pants and it did not fit. What should I do? <laughs> I have always had that problem. I never know the size of belt to buy because it yeah. never matches up to your waist size. Well, I've also had the same belt for like for like five or six years. Like it's been such a long time since I've had to solve the belt problem. Right. Wow, man! Congratulations for uh, for getting into shape. Are you feeling better? I mean, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, f- I feel like for some, like I've lost more than ten percent of my body weight, and I don't feel like I look that different. I honestly, I don't want this to make you feel bad, but I agree. I think it's because you carried it so well. Yeah, it was just well distributed. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I've made a bunch of positive life choices attendant to this, and my my physical appearance hasn't improved that much. But like. You know, come on. Like, it's not going to improve that much to begin with. You really want to do this? Here. Now. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Do it. Grandpa Joe is doing that thing, like, 
like the old person on the volcano about to explode. He is resisting <laughs> the forces at play here. He does well, and not- he's resisting it in a way that Ben Sisko is like, maybe dad is a changeling. Yeah. Methinks Grandpa Joe doth protest too much. Yeah. And uh, this is, I like this scene in that it reveals that Ben learned his vegetable cutting techniques from his dad. <laughs> Would you ever go to Cisco's after seeing how Ben cooks? The fucking knife techniques are weak. Wow. Very weak. <laughs> in this scene, Ben Cisco is so paranoid that he actually looks down at Grandpa Joe's knife when he cuts his finger to check for gold. This is like maybe... This is a moment where I think that I might take exception with an acting choice that Avery Brooks makes, maybe for the first time in the history of this show. Wow. Because it, he is almost orgasmic looking at the <laughs> at the blood on the knife. Like he I looks can at see it. the Bill Tilly card right now. Like Bill's going <laughs> to find a screen grab where Avery Brooks's eyes are rolling in the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at it for such a long time that his dad has time to like rinse and clean a wound, pat it dry with a hand towel and turn around and go, Benjamin Lafayette Cisco. What the hell has gotten into your head? Ben Sisko must have gotten in trouble so often when his wife was alive, because I imagine every time an attractive woman walked by, he stared at her for a full 90 seconds, because yeah. that's what he does to this knife. Just a just a quick glance. He is fully bad boyfriend memeing the knife. He is. He is, and I'm with Joe in this scene. Like, if you can't be a little more cool about it then you deserve what you get and joe is mad enough to have a stroke (laughs) (laughs) he's stroke pissed (laughs) (laughs) which is a way you do not want to be no not the way to be later at uh starfleet hq odo and, and ben cisco have a talk about the situation And, uh, like, Ben kind of comes to terms with how paranoid he's become. And Odo's like, yeah, that's why my people are here. Like, we're here to make you feel bad. Like, like mission accomplished. When you start busting nuts over blood on a knife that your father was just using, the terrorists have won. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and Ben actually tells Odo that, like, you know what, bud? Like, I know it's been your mission forever to, like, find your people. I kind of uh, kind of feel like it would have been better if you hadn't, TBH. And Odo's like, Odo respect knuckles him. He's like, yeah, me too. I love this moment, you know? This is the most real good moment in the episode, I think. Like, just two guys shop-talking the, the situation coming to terms with the truth of it and taking it seriously without a fucking nog there to fuck it up. I think this is the first time Odo has named the game that his people are assholes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think because Rene Abergenois <laughs> is such a good actor through his cake makeup, like you can see his pain more than it's ever articulated. And he rarely discloses like just how shitty he feels about this whole thing until, and this is one of those moments, one of those rare moments. Did his look change a little bit in this episode? 
I mean, he does change into a seagull and back. Is that what you're referring to? I feel like his makeup or his hair was adjusted a bit. Adam, we're coming up on our final shot of the power hour here. Oh my God, really? Yeah, I I, I know I just asked you a question and then <laughs> diverted. Mm. Uh, but this is this will be the last shot as we take over. I can't over. believe it. This is it. All right, cheers. I don't feel as garbage as I did last time we did this. I think we're more articulate than we are even on a regular episode. <laughs> we oh, should yeah. do this all the time. <laughs> we would fucking die if we, we did really this would. all the time. You would gain that 40 pounds right back and then uh, and then we'd both die. They yeah. would stick us in one of those extra large torpedoes from Star Trek Discovery, shoot our bodies into space. We deserve it. Yeah. You know what? I wonder if Odo's hair and makeup wasn't adjusted for natural light, which feels like, this feels like one of the first episodes in a long, long time when he's been outdoors. Yeah. As he's had to be. That's an interesting point. Back at Cisco's, like, Jake has complained about having to be put to work. He's never working when he's there. No, we have not seen any of that. <laughs> you think Jake tried to institute a new vegetable cutting policy that was, like, totally denied by Joe? You pick a cutting board where if you lay a knife on the diagonal, you've got two <laughs> inches of clearance on either side before the edge <laughs> of the board. And then you use your fingers as a guard and as a guide, and you tuck your thumb into your in, into your fist so you avoid cutting it. Joe's like, "What are you doing? You're supposed to cut that <laughs> tomato like orange segments." <laughs> also, why is Joe working a job? Can we talk about that for a second? Joe talks about like he has only enough time in his life to work a job or take care of his health. And so he has said that uh, he chooses the job. But is he working to live? He's not. He, of course he isn't. He's choosing his hobby over taking care of himself, which is what he never says, but that's the actual truth. And right. it's what goes uninterrogated by his family. His family needs to throw this back in his fucking face. I, I really wish they had done that. Like Like the... The thing in Star Trek that you always have to remember is that everybody is doing this for funsies, yep. you know? Yeah. Everything is an opt-in. Yep. Which is as it should be, you know? Like, they have developed to a level of technology that everybody can have everything they want. And so any endeavor you undertake is done as an affirmative choice. Like, I want to better myself through this. And I can imagine that in a future like that, there are people that are still workaholics. Yeah, you know? I, I totally see it. And that's such a fucking interesting idea. Just fucking cope with it, you know? Interrogate that. Like, Put it in the script. Grandpa Joe doesn't have to do cooking and expo. He can work, <laughs> he can work front of house. Like He can be checking people in. He can be he can be walking around the table seeing if everyone's happy with their meal. He can be yelling at some lady about how good her trout looks. That's all he has to do. He's doing too much. And Ben and Jake are doing a bad job. Yeah. That's what I think. 
He's going to have another stroke again, Ben. He's doing way too much. Yeah. Jake is making the case for, like, maybe you should lie down. And I, I do like Joe Sisko's take of you should... The only time you should be in bed is if you're sleeping, dying, or making love to a beautiful woman. It's a very Mike Mitchell philosophy on hotel rooms. Like, hotel rooms are only there for fapping, fucking, or napping. Yeah, and I'm too old for beautiful women. Yeah, if you're too old for beautiful women, maybe you're too old to work in a restaurant, Joe. (laughs) I mean, he's also like not so old that they aren't talking about him celebrating 50 more birthdays in a plausible way. So like, so which is it? I don't know. We don't get answers to any of these questions because the power goes out. And it turns out that the changelings have uh, put their elite Haxor skills in effect and knocked out the power grid all over the planet. You know what that means, Ben. They've been throwing their wooden shoes into the gears. Hence the word sabotage. I'm still drinking beer for some reason. It means Earth is defenseless. Utterly. All they've got is the Lakota in orbit. Right. It's another one of those, like, why is there only one starship at Earth <laughs> moments? Do not send me fucking emails about this, but do you think there's a starbase orbiting Earth? It feels like there should be. There should be. They talk about it. They why? say, like, oh, yeah, we're going to put all these, all these like, phaser things over the doors here on Earth, and then we'll, we'll get them up uh, in the, in the starbases in orbit also. We know we have the Starbase footage, but I feel like we rarely see the Starbase footage comped on top of Earth. It seems preposterous that the Starbases would be tied into the Earth energy system. They should have an independent system. Show us that beautiful Enterprise B footage. They're not above reusing that footage. They reused it in TNG. Yeah. Yeah, so back at the presidential office, Cisco, Odo... Layton and some random dude beams in. <laughs> I could not take my eyes off of random dude because I'm like, you're going to die, random dude. But he's safe. He's as safe as anyone else in the room. And Cisco's suggesting that a state of emergency should be declared. And kind of like the presupposition is that the wormhole winking was a sign that cloaked Dominion ships were, were pouring through. And they were yeah. using salvaged cloaking devices from the Battle of the Omaria Nebula. Yeah. Which I love. I do too. But also, we know from TNG that you can set up a web to detect cloaked ships. They should have webbed the entrance to the butthole, man. Yeah, there should have been a bunch of tachyon beams going across the butthole. Yeah, that was dumb. Tachyon the butthole. Why are they just letting this happen? I think... This is terrible OPSEC by the Federation. President Jerish Inyo admits that he is not the president for these times. I wish every president that was not the president for these times could have such an admission and then just leave office. A little bit of of insight, a little bit of self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary because, like, rebooting the power system is going to take a number of days. Like, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do in the darkness, Ben? You're what gonna he lose- does is he's, he signs over a bunch of his authority to Starfleet, and they institute martial law. 
And like the the button on the episode is Jake waking his grandpa up, and they like look out the window at like armed Starfleet gold shirts beaming into the town square outside the restaurant. Shit's getting hot at Cisco's Ben, and we don't mean the gumbo. <laughs> well, yeah, because we know that uh, Ben's sister doesn't put enough cayenne pepper in it, right? And we get some dun-dun-duns. It's a to-be-continued, Ben. It is. I love a nice to-be-continued. Especially mid-season. DS9 is not afraid of a mid-season to-be-continued. I love it. It's fun. It's fun. Did you like the episode? Yeah, I did. I mean, to the degree that you can like the first part of a two-parter, I did. No. Um, I liked the... There are several references to, like, you know, shit hasn't been this hot since the Borg Cube was in orbit. Yeah. I like those callbacks. Like, a number of callbacks to Best of Both Worlds in this episode I found very enjoyable. But, like, on a whole, I think I'm going to have to wait to judge it until we get a part two. I mean, there's a lot of setup and not a lot of knockdown. And, honestly, tonally, this ep was kind of a mess. So maybe they're able to straighten out some tangles in part two. I think that's where I'm going to go with my review. What about you? I would say on balance, I kind of didn't like the episode. Like there was a lot that I liked about it, but there was so much, like the tone stuff was so overwhelming to me. It's fun to talk about though, which is why I feel like just our conversation skewed me into liking it where maybe outside of the fun of that conversation, I would have been harsher. Well, we're both obliterated right now, so... Yeah, I'm pretty fucked. (laughs) That's part of it. Uh, I'm also, like, for some reason, finishing the partial beer that I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not letting that go to waste. I've been sipping on it, and I don't know why. It's a not good choice. It's delicious, that's why. I would say that, um, overall, this... If this is the, like, big... I don't know. Like, we, we talk about the, like, grow the beard moment, the moment that the series changes and becomes the amazing thing everyone remembers it as this ain't it (laughs) whatever whatever that moment is (laughs) this ain't it babe well you know what is it ben Mm. it is always in our priority one email box you want to go check that out i do priority one message from starfleet coming in on secured channel Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Adam, our first priority one message is a, of a promotional nature. Goes like this. Resolved Mysteries Podcast is hosted by three close friends who watch episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, the Robert Stack years. Whoa. And we research, retell, and resolve or resolve each segment. We give the most recent updates for each mystery, and uh, mysteries is in scare quotes there, (laughs) and answer the aged-old um questions. Whatever happened with blank and where is blank now? We laugh, cry, drink canned wine, and we want justice. God, this is a concept that makes me upset that I didn't think of it myself. This is great. (laughs) This is such a great idea. 
It's a great idea. It sounds like a lot of work, and I'd respect anyone that does this amount of work. Right. So search Resolved Mysteries Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite pods. Wow. It's Re-Solved Mysteries Podcast. Ben, our second priority one message is of a personal nature. It is from Reitz. It is for Steve. <laughs> and the message goes like this. Seems like yesterday we were jaking your mom's previa to, see <laughs> to steal street signs together as teenagers. Now... Oh, no. You're going through the ultimate pond fire with a woman of your dreams. Reitz and Steve were a, a couple of no-good teens. Sorry to have missed your... Engaglement party? <laughs> That's how it's spelled. But I can't wait to be the drunkest Shimoda at your wedding. Like Temba and the band Creed, I embrace you both. Wow. We're the arms wide open! <laughs> Hey, that's nice. Wow. I yeah. bet nobody expected you to take that in a Pearl Jam direction. Oh, Ben, you gotta you gotta retake that because that's a Creed direction. That's a Creed reference, and I was doing Creed voice. Oh. You're gonna get so many letters. I, I don't know what the difference is between different white people musics. Oh, shit. If you have a priority one message, do not let that deter you. <laughs> <laughs> Go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Put your name and your message on the line that is dotted. Yeah. Personal messages are $100 and may involve me doing an impression. Commercial messages are $200 and may of involve the Pearl Ben. Jam guy, right? Of Ben doing a, a, an impression. Yeah. Both of which go a long way in supporting the ongoing production of this show. Should you think it's worth that? Which, at this point, I mean, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. I don't know. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. 
With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Adam. What's that, Ben? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Drunk Shimoda! To me, the only Shimoda in the episode... Oh, come on. I can have my own Shimoda. I, I'm going to predict a, a daily double. Wow. This president is bad, and he shouldn't be president. <laughs> and I, also my drunk Shimoda... I wish he was the fucking president right now, man. And also my drunk Shimoda for this episode is the president of the Federation. <laughs> he is not good. He's like a guy stacking isolinear chips in the corner. He's a baby. He's a baby for a man's job. And his hands are so small. And I'm not saying that I totally agree with Leighton's deal. You got to do some interpretation here, right? Like you can't go full Leighton with policy, but you need to take Leighton's thought seriously. And he's just not. He can't do it. He's he's a drunk Shimoda. He shouldn't be president. Wow. So that's my drunk Shimoda. What about you, Ben? All right. If you go to... Uh, oh, shit. This is 16, a time code Shimoda. 16-minute mark in the episode. I don't think this is Larry David, <laughs> but I think Larry David might be, might be 
doing a solo table at Cisco's. They're sitting down. Oh yeah, there he is. He's a, he's just doing a he's just he's by himself. He's uh he's heard tell of the of the great food on offer at Cisco's. I feel like he's maybe like doing a little bit of an I'll have what's Phil having. Like, oh, I also created a legendary sitcom. Why don't why don't I go uh, solo enjoy a, a cool restaurant somewhere? Wow. I I love eating alone. I've said this before. I go have lots of meals by myself. Good for I this know. guy. Every time we go on tour, I can't get you I can't get you to enjoy a meal with me. Oh. That's because you eat all the nachos, Ben. <laughs> That was back when you didn't think you could eat the milk. Yeah, now I can. God, there's a guy over Jake's shoulder in this scene who is just unmoving. Do you see this guy? When they cut to Jake Sisko, he's when they like cut up to his single. A, when they cut to a brick wall, like the brick wall behind Jake Sisko's shoulder, he is just a stone. Wow. Is he like a cardboard standee of a of a man? He yeah, he's like when they when they shoot scenes in stadiums and they have to put a bunch of cardboard into the seats to look like people. <laughs> he's one of those. That's a funny line of work to be in. The 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 company that rents out that. Hey Ben, what's coming up on the next episode? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Adam. The next episode is season 4 episode 11 Paradise Lost part 2. Preparing Earth for war with the Dominion, Cisco and Odo discover evidence of a Starfleet plot to seize control of the planet from the Federation. Hey, you know what would be a good idea after Best of Both Worlds Part 2? Maybe defending Earth. Mm. Like just having shit ready to go. What do you think? Yeah, maybe like, uh, oh, like this could happen again. Yeah. Let's put some stuff in place. I don't know. Seems like a good idea. I don't hate the idea. Ben, I think we just start over at one, right? When we're talking about Game of Buttholes, Will of the Prophets, now that we've reached the last square on the game board. So I, th- I would say that our potential roll is anywhere from one to six, right? All right, man. Roll it. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. I am a rolling. Did I win? Hardly. Oh man, I I rolled a clean six. What? So we we are on square six. Huh? I don't know if people know, but the the squares that we came up with as as updates for this thing are are live. Whoa! There they are. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a we've got a uh, his eyes uncovered square. We've got a Kanar with Demar square. We've got a uh, we've got a Jay Gordon square. <laughs> I love it. And we Jay have Gordon. an extra Coco Nono square, which I personally am looking forward to immensely. Excellent. Big fan. Well, if you've stayed with us this long, we're sorry. We're sorry, and thank you. Thank you to the people who make this show possible. It's not just me and Ben. It's a takes a village right yeah i guess Take, so takes people like adam ragusia i mean i don't want people to feel like they have to live in a village you can live in a cool city making the, the music. you don't have to not live in a village like and if he, you want village life if you, if you want that village life you do you and the interstitial music based on the on the work if you of want town Darth life Materia, fucking go for it 
We got I'm people, personally a city lifeman. We got people making artwork for the show. Like J.J. Landel and Bill Tilly. Like I, I like to be able to walk out of my apartment and just go to the grocery store on a total whim. Like, I'll be in the middle of cooking dinner and decide I need a, a, a head of radicchio. And I got it. The show's on the MaximumFun.org network. There's still great people not, who do work on our behalf. I am not passing judgment on any life choice that anyone has made. And and oftentimes it's not even a choice, right? Like you're you were born in a in a in a rural environment and that's where you grew up and where you live. You know? Support for the show comes from the Priority One messages and also from uh, MaximumFun.org slash donate. You can support the show on a monthly basis by going there. I've been lucky enough to travel all over the world and see people living beautiful, enriching lives in all kinds of different contexts. Uh, if you I, I are don't want to come across as a snob. If you're not in a position to support the show financially, we'd appreciate a nice free review wherever you get your podcasts. Give us the full five stars. Just saying that like my personal needs include having a fancy pants beer store close at hand where I can buy El Sully Mexican style lager. With that, we'll be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine and an episode of The Greatest Generation Deep Space Nine, which is reading a radiation surge. It is only the size of our heads. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.